0: Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Monday, June the 7th. I welcome you to this podcast. If you are new, it is so good to have you. My name is Joe Zenk I am a lay Catholic minister uh, who works uh, within the Diocese of Green Bay, so northeastern Wisconsin. I am um, serving uh, at three rural Catholic parishes, and Monday through Friday I do a podcast. And uh, break open generally the gospel of the day, and today's gospel is marvelous. It is one known by every one of you, and uh, and its depth is is far more than I can bring out. But uh, let's dive in. It's going to be Matthew. So we're we're on ordinary time now, and we're going to be on ordinary time for a while, uh, and we are going to go through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, bit by bit by bit. And where does that start? Well, of course, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12 with the Beatitudes. So let's break open the, the gospel together and see what God has for us in this beautiful poetry. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him, He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart for they will be called for they will see God Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Thus they persecuted the prophets who were before you. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, again, I I want to say whatever... And and I want to make a few comments on the gospel again for those who are new. So I read the gospel, uh, give a, a reflection, sometimes brief, sometimes less so, and uh, and then we pray a decade of the rosary together. And I just want to say, whatever I say here today will not uncover the depth of of what we just heard. Um, as a as a former pastor, a good friend of mine used to say, if we have to choose. Uh, between the gospel and, and a homily or a gospel and the reflection. Always choose the gospel because that's the word of God. It contains God's words. All I'm trying to do is spin it out in a way that helps us make sense. And if it doesn't, uh, please listen to the words of the gospel and then just fast forward to the, uh, to the rosary. But I want to focus, brothers and sisters, before we dive into the, into the beautiful words of Jesus, I want to focus on the first verse because I think we can, we can, you know, kind of skip over it and get to the meat. But I think this sets the table. I, I think it sets the groundwork for everything else that we're going to hear. And it says this, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he had sat down, his disciples came to him and he began to teach them. Now we can just look at that and say, wow, well, you know. Matthew's just setting the stage. Jesus saw the people, said, hey, I got to teach them. His heart went out to them, you know, supposedly. And he went up the mountain and they came and, and then he, he went on. Okay. On one level, that's true. But I think there's a, a different level. And I think the gospels often carry uh, many different levels. And and I think it's that level I want to talk about here. When Jesus saw the crowds, when he saw what was happening within their lives, when he saw their, their demeanors. When he saw, um, how they were encountering life and, and maybe moreover how life was encountering them, uh, his heart was moved with compassion and he sat down and his disciples came to him. That whole idea that, you know what, uh, when the teacher is ready, the master will appear or that that's the student is ready. The teacher will appear. Um that uh, that they knew what they needed, and they went to the one who could only provide what they needed. Uh, and that is in Christ. And, and I think, my friends, there could be a whole reflection simply on these words. When Jesus saw the crowds, when he when he really looked around him and he saw what they were experiencing, his heart was moved. And he was moved with this message. Now, before we get to the message, this reminds me, and maybe it does you too, of the, uh, of the parable that Jesus tells. And forgive me, I don't remember which gospel it's in. It might be in, in more than one. But the, the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Now, don't think Lazarus being raised from the dead, the brother of Mary and Martha, different Lazarus. This was the rich man who commonly is called Dives, D-I-V-E-S, Dives. Um, and Lazarus, the rich man was the one who ate sumptuously and dressed in fine linens and garments. And, uh, and Lazarus was laying on his doorstep. And, uh, and the, even the dogs came to lick the sores of Lazarus. And uh, every day, you know... Um, Uh, Lazarus was there and Dives simply didn't see him. And then it says they both died and went to heaven and Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham sitting on his lap and and Dives was in in torment. And, And one can ask, what is the sin of Dives at that point? Is it simply eating sumptuously and dressing in fine garments? If that's the case, every one of us are in trouble. I think and I, and i think i'm i'm not off base here i think the sin of of dives is the fact that he simply didn't even see lazarus at his doorstep he didn't see the need i don't think there's anything inherently sinful about being rich at all i think it is how we uh, what we do with those riches, do the riches possess us or do we possess them? And if we possess them, they work for us and they are an extension of the ministry and an extension of the work that we do. But if they possess us, we are owned by them. And seemingly, I think that is the sin of, of Dives. He was owned by them and in owning them, his eyesight faded And he wasn't even able to see the condition of, of, in this specific case, Lazarus, but the people around him that his wealth could serve. I think that's part of what we're seeing here with the, the Beatitudes. Jesus saw the human condition. He saw what was going on in life. What did that human condition look like? Now let's get into the meat of it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What did he see the human condition look like? He saw it look like somebody who was poor in spirit, somebody who was beaten down, somebody who uh, who is mourning and is experiencing grief in this world. And then grief, my friends, comes in many shapes and sizes, right, and comes from many places, uh, it isn't just losing a loved one, and I don't want to say just and and minimize that. It is most certainly that. But grief comes perhaps from uh, losing um, uh, a friendship. Maybe it comes from losing a relationship uh, in 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 a marriage. Maybe it comes from losing a, a career and and a, a work. Uh, maybe it comes from losing a dream and a vision and and a mission. Maybe it comes from losing uh, my sense. Of, of self or my sense of memory. Uh, maybe it comes from losing uh, hope, uh, whatever it is. Um, and, 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 and we mourn these losses and we mourn uh, a world that is, is less than it was um, and, and less than it could be. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who, who um, have lost their voice or have never had a voice. Uh, and, uh, and no matter what they say or do, they're overlooked or they are, 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 uh, are not given uh, credence and their voice carries no weight. Blessed are they. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who see the world and see uh, what it could be and, 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 and see what it is. And they hunger and thirst for this righteousness and they work for it, but, but conversely, a world that does not want to change. Uh, and when I say a world here, I mean systems because systems serve those, you know, the people that, that they serve well are going to guard them strongly and, and often in the annals of, of power, right, in the halls of power, that that they will, will make certain that they continue to serve them because why would they give that up? Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for a different and new and a just world, um, even as they bang their head against a wall. And seemingly move nowhere. Blessed are they who are merciful. So then we get into some that are a little more hopeful here. Three of them. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the clean of heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who show mercy to other people. Blessed are those who, who have a, a heart that is pure. Uh, blessed are those who work for peace. You know, these are, are, are good things. But I suspect that there are those who would call them Naive or, or, um, weak, uh, you know, you're going to work for mercy and you're going to show mercy to them. Uh, you're being weak. Mercy is weak. Uh, and, and you may open yourself up to being mocked and, and blessed are the clean of heart. Uh, while you're not versed in the ways of the world, you know, you, you, you want to stay in this, you know, you want to stay innocent. Uh, I'm going to call that Childish and and naive. Now I'm not calling that the world is uh, blessed are those who are peacemakers. Um, see how far that gets you. Good luck, because uh, we know that that if you want power, divide and conquer. Uh, we know the politics is is all about division. Uh, it's all about fear, and and trying to make uh you know uh headway and and allies within those areas i think what jesus is naming here brothers and sisters and and then we get to the persecuted you know of course at the end i think he's naming the human condition he's seeing the crowds and he's seeing people who are poor in spirit he's seeing people who are mourning and and, and <clears throat> who are beaten down, who are are, are are shells of who they were, who have lost loved ones or lost abilities, or are grieving. Uh, what is happening? Blessed are those who have no voice. Blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, who are seeing where we can be, but are just coming up empty-handed, and and are merciful, but are are being downtrodden, and and clean of heart and peacemakers, and being persecuted, and all these people, of course, at the time and even now, because we're not that much different. At the time, they were all saying, well what have I done wrong? How have I sinned that I have no voice or that I am, I'm mourning these and I've, I've lost this or, or that I'm, I'm feeling downtrodden, all these things. And Jesus looks at him and says, you no, know, God is with you now in the midst of it, in the midst of this dark valley through which you walk. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me with your rod and your staff that give me hope and comfort. No matter what you are going through, brothers and sisters, right now, because we ask the same question, and don't for a minute think we don't. Uh, I, can, I can point to people in my ministry who have said, what have I done wrong that this has happened to me? And, and Jesus looks at, at, at you, and he looks at me right now and says, blessed are you. If you're feeling you have no voice, if you're feeling unseen, if you are feeling uh, that you are just banging your head up against a wall, if you are being mocked by people and being called weak and naive, and if if you are are feeling downtrodden, you're at the end of yourself, God is with you. I am with you, meaning the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ. I am with you here in the midst of it. You know, as as Catholics in, in our Apostles' Creed, uh, and one of my favorite lines, truly, one of my favorite lines, is that line where it says, "Jesus, when when he died, he descended into hell." Brothers and sisters, if you are feeling, at some level, that you are in hell today, because you are not feeling seen, you are feeling not heard, you are feeling like you ban- continually banging your head against a wall, and and you are alone. What I'm telling you is God is right there. Because why? Because he descends into hell. And he descends into your hell and my hell when we feel forgotten, when we feel alone. That is precisely where he is. That is precisely where he is. My friends, I will conclude when I say, and I say this, Jesus saw the crowds. He saw them in the reality of what was going on, and he brought them hope into the midst of it. Do we see the crowds around us individually and collectively as a people? I mean, you know, and and again, I'm not trying to to be political here, but I'm going to use an example, and it's a a faltering example. But when George Floyd was killed uh, a year ago, a little over a year ago, that was an incident in a sense that attracted all of our attention because it helped us see for even a, a moment, if nothing else, what is it like to be a black person in this country? And it helped raise our consciousness, and all of a sudden we can see something that we didn't see before. Did we simply use that? And and I could use a hundred examples, my friends. That was simply one. Do we allow that to change our vision and therefore to sit at the feet of of black men and women and learn what that means to be like and, and to hear their voice and then remind them in hope as well that God is with them in the midst of it? And maybe we are with them in the midst of it. Now, again, that's one example. I can use 20 others. But do we see the individual people around us, the Lazaruses at our, at our doorstep, who are at the end of their ropes, who are grieving, who have no voice? And do we see collectively the peoples around us who also have no voice? It's one of the reasons we as Catholics stand up for the unborn, right? Because they have no voice. How do we give them voice in the midst of their plight, too? And and and, how do we remind them that they are blessed, in the midst of what is going on, that God is with them, and yes, only if we're ready, are we with them too. Let's pray. Again, just invite you uh, and I to bring our intentions before our our loving God today, uh, and uh, and trust He knows exactly what to do with them. So let us begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. The angel Gabriel visits Mary and announces the plan. And she says, yes, how good, huh? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful Monday and have the best of weeks, and I wish you every blessing until we can be back together again tomorrow. God's peace.